22, verse number 6. And we'll read this verse again tonight and then give you what I feel like the Lord has laid upon our heart. Amen. Ain't it good to be a blessing? Amen. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this portion of Scripture you directed our heart to. Lord, thank you, Lord, for our missionary brother, Brother Zach, being here tonight, Lord, and his burden. And I pray that you would bring in his support in a timely manner. Thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to partner with him. And, Lord, we're looking forward to seeing several folks in heaven as a result of this ministry. I pray, God, that you would bless them, give them protection on the road, give them favor in churches. Lord, may our church be a little oasis tonight and a little cool drink of water. Just be a blessing to them where they can, uh, Lord, just kind of take the brakes off and just enjoy being around your people. Lord, I always want our church uh, to be, be a place of refreshment. Help us to be that tonight. Blessed in this scripture tonight, what you do, we'll thank and give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We begin this morning looking at this verse, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And we said in this verse there were four truths. We said there is instruction. He said to train up a child. This, this word train means to educate. It means to teach. It means to do it by instruction or by practice. And we emphasize the phrase, bring up. And you'll recall, I won't do it again tonight, but you'll recall that I asked Brother Richie to bring Uriah up to the platform. He did not send him, but he took him in his arms and he brought him to the platform. That is the word picture of this text tonight in Proverbs 22 and Ephesians 6 where Paul said that we're to bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So there is a word about instruction. Then there is a word about an individual. He said, train up a child. And we are supposed to deal with our children on an individual basis. They're all, if you have multiple children, you're going to learn something. They're all different. They all have different personalities. They all have different traits, different strengths, different weaknesses. Uh, take me and my brother and my sister. I have a brain. Neither one of them do. We're just all a little bit different. Amen. And so what I'm telling you tonight, you think I'm kidding. Amen. But I'm not. All right. And so I'm talking about they're each individual and you have to deal with them. And, and God always puts emphasis on the individual. And so there's the instruction, train up. There's the individual, train up a child. But then there's the identification in the way that he should go. And we said this morning that little phrase indicates that there must be a right way and there must be a wrong way. And it's up to you and I as parents to direct our children in the right way and point out the wrong way that no, we don't go this way and we don't participate in that and we don't do those things. I'll say more about that in a moment. But then there's the independence in this verse. And when he, had, when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want to emphasize once again, I don't believe this verse is saying that if you raise your kids right that they'll never go astray. But I believe that they may, even though they may leave the way, the way will never leave them. The way they were raised, they will not be able to get away from that teaching. Will they come back? No. They may not come back. But I'll tell you what that teaching will do. It will haunt them to the graveyard, friend. And so that is what we're looking at. And we made the emphasis this morning that our children need to be brought up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And we said that a lot of parents, they want to send their children. 
They want their children to do right, but they don't want to lead. And, and we want to emphasize the fact that uh, we need parents that will uh, uh, not only uh, raise godly children, but be godly parents for the glory and the honor of God. And we talked about how Abraham, how the Lord said, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. Abraham had character. God said, I know him. He, had char- he took charge. He said that he will command his children and his household. I want to remind you, Mom and Dad, you are in charge at your house. Amen. You're to be the leaders. You're supposed to take the charge. That's not a dictatorship. Uh, that's that's not, that's not uh, uh, being, uh, being a lord, but it's taking the lead. I'll tell Daxon to do something. He'll say, I'm not a butler. I said, you're exactly right. Butlers get paid, amen? Just do what I tell you to do. And so what I'm telling you, you ought to take that charge. And then Abraham had consistency. He said, he said, he said they're gonna, he's going to teach them that they keep the way of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to raise godly children if we're inconsistent. If we're up one day and down the next in our spirituality, if they don't see some consistency, in our life, it's going to hurt our our chances in raising godly children. And we mentioned this morning and we preached about how we ought to bring up our children and train them in the way of salvation. I believe our children need to be saved, but I believe our parents need to be saved. Amen. I don't want the family circle, I don't know if there's going to be a family circle, uh, but I don't want the family circle to be broken in heaven. He's saying that old song, Will the Circle Being Broken? And the thing behind that psalm is, Will all my family family members be in heaven and the only way you're going to get to heaven if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and that's what we preached about this morning but I'm not just supposed to train my children in the way of salvation but tonight I want to take a step further I'm to train my children in the way of separation now, salvation, separation is, is just as much a Bible doctrine as separation is. Amen. A lot of people want to, and I don't feel it here tonight, but a lot of people want to clam up when you preach on separation. It's not a dirty word. If you look up the word separation, it means to disunite, to divide, to sever, to part in almost any manner, either things naturally or casually joined, unconnected, not united. Here's the word I like, distinct or different. I don't know about you, but I don't want to raise my children to be like the world. I don't want to raise my boys to look like the boys running around here with a mullet. Somebody say amen right there. I want to raise my boys to be young men for God and to serve the Lord and be right. And that involves separation. The Bible said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That word church means ecclesia. It means a called out assembly. God's people are supposed to be separated. We're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to fit in with this crowd. And I'll tell you, we need to raise our children in the way of separation. Now I want to remind you tonight, separation will not save your children. That is that separation is an outward work of the flesh. Amen. Salvation is an inward work of God. But I will say this, if God has worked salvation in into you, then some separation is going to be worked out of you. Amen. Paul said, work 
out your own salvation with fear and trembling there in Philippians. Paul said in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation to appear to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. And we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. God desires for his people to be a separated people. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Y'all all right? I'm, I'm just giving you a little Bible tonight, all right? The Bible says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteous with unrighteous? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell with them and walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and my daughters saith the Lord almighty God still wants his people to be separated you don't hear much preaching on separation anymore you know why because most preachers ain't separated why preach on something they're not doing but I tell you, separation is a Bible doctrine. You can't cut it out of the Bible. Separation is on the first page of the Bible. God divided the light from the darkness. On your first page, five verses of the Bible, boom, separation. Amen. We ought to be separated tonight. I believe that. Don't get quiet on me now. Our churches ought to be separated. Amen. Hey, our church ain't going to look like a nightclub. We're not painting the ceiling black. We're not getting rid of the pulpit. We're not bringing in contemporary music. We're not bringing in praise and worship music. We're not, I'm not losing my tie. And I'm not trading them in for flip-flops and bermudas and shorts and, and, and coming in here and, and going and gonna to just share. I'm telling you, I'm going to look like a preacher. I'm going to carry a Bible. It's going to be a King James Bible. We're going to be separated. Amen. I don't care if every church in Roland County comes compromises we're going to do what's right for god's glory i believe our churches i'll be separated i believe christians i'll be separated as individuals i believe our homes ought to be separated we ought to teach our children that we're supposed to be different i don't mean we're better than anybody else so that's what people think well you're separate you must think you're better no i don't think i'm better i'm separating because i know i'm not better I know that if i'm around that it's going to cause me to stumble and so i'm the weaker brother and so I need to separate from that. I need to be disassociated with that. Hey, I believe tonight, I'm going to get to an exposition outline. I'm going to stay with me. I'm getting somewhere. I believe we'll all be separated in our attitude. You know, I, I understand everybody is aggravated about everything going on in our country. But I tell you, we ought, to have a, we ought to have a better attitude than what the world does. Amen. I mean, either we believe this Bible or we don't. Either we believe Jesus is coming again or we don't. Amen. And we ought to be separated in our attitude. Amen. We ought to be separated in our actions, what we do. There are some things we shouldn't do. Amen. There are some places we shouldn't do. There are some places we shouldn't go. A Christian has no business being in a bar. A Christian has a bit no business being in a house of ill repute. We have no business being around those things. We ought to be separated from that. Well, I'm going to go in there and be a testimony. No, you're not. You're going to go in there and ruin your testimony is what you're going to do. We ought to be separated in our actions. We ought to be separated in our activities, what we get involved in. There's some things that we're just not going to get involved in. 
Amen. I don't believe a Christian, I'll be in the Masons. I don't believe a Christian, I'll be a member of the Goose Goose Lodge or whatever they got. A bunch of weirdos wearing their pointy hats, driving their little cars, looking like a bunch of fools riding down through Gatlinburg. Somebody help me. Amen. Blocking traffic during the, during the church retreat. Amen. I don't know what they were. I'm just telling you, we all be disasso- disassociated from that. I'm just telling you, boy, I felt something when I said Masons right there. Amen. I ain't preaching against the Masons in a while. But if you're here tonight and you're a secret Mason, yes, wicked is the devil. Amen. And so I'm just telling you, we all be separated from that. We ought not be associated with that. Amen. And don't tell me George Washington was a Mason because he wasn't. All right. The only Mason way he may have laid some brick, and that's about it. All right. I'm just telling you, we ought to be separated in our activities, what we're involved in. We ought to be separated in our associates, who we hang out with. There's some people you just don't need to hang out with. I'm not just preaching to the young people. I'm preaching to everybody. There's some people you don't need to be around. You know why? Because they pull you down. Every t- hey, can I let you in on something? But Zach, you understand this? There are some preachers I can't hang around. Because of their mouth. Because of their attitude. Because of their spirit. It just brings me down. And so it's better for me to stay at the house and watch the ball game. I'm just telling you. There's some people I don't need to be around. There's some people you don't need to be around. I understand when you're in the workforce, you have to work with some people that are undesirable. And we understand they're sinners. We understand they don't know any better. But I tell you, there's a difference between going to work with that crowd and going to lunch with that crowd. Can I get an amen out of that? There's a difference when going and having and trying to be a testimony while you're on the job. But you don't have to go to their house. And you don't need to invite them over to your house and, and allow, allow that influence to have an influence in your family and your children. Hello? Amen. I believe you ought to be separated. I believe you ought to be separated in your apparel. It's still right to dress right. Amen. I don't care what preacher backs up on it. It's still right. I know you get caught, you'll get called a, a, a legalist and all that stuff, but that crowd wouldn't know a legalist if they met one in, in the street. Uh, they, I, I'm just telling you tonight, uh, it, it's still right. Nakedness is wrong. I mean, I, I don't see what, no way you cut it, amen. I'm just telling you, you, you ought to be modest. And, and that, that goes for the men as well, amen. It, 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 you would, years ago, you wouldn't have to preach against a man uh, wearing tight clothes, but now you got to deal with that, amen. you got your skinny britches running around, amen. I'm saying you couldn't, couldn't bend over, couldn't climb a ladder if you had to because you're afraid something might rip. Come on now, help me, amen. Couldn't change the oil in the car in those things, amen. Couldn't weed eat, couldn't mow grass, couldn't cut down a tree in those things. Somebody talk to me now, amen. Hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, we all be separated in our apparel, amen. Get that chain off your neck and quit showing those three hairs on your chest, amen, you're not tough, I tell you, I'll be separated, amen, look like a man, walk like a man, talk like a man, act like a man, I ain't talking about grunting and snorting and, and, and scratching your armpit and all that kind of stuff, but I'm talking about being a man with some character, I tell you, the other day, we was at a restaurant, and I could have flipped a coin, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman that was serving me. I mean, we used to, Brother Matthew, when I worked at Chick-fil-A, we used to play guess the gender, and sometimes you could have flipped a coin. I mean, it could have went either way. That ain't right. That ain't right. We ought to be separated in that. I believe a lady ought to look like a lady. We ought, and what I'm, I'm getting to, we ought to train our children. That's what, a, that's what a boy looks like, fellas. Girls, that's what a lady looks like. And you know who the role models ought to be? Mom and dad. Amen. Sir, you ought to dress in such a way you want your boys to dress and look like men. Amen. I'm glad my boys have short haircuts. 
years ago you used to hear preaching on boys getting haircuts and you didn't have to deal with it much but now we got these mullets coming back now and these boys growing their hair out and, and all that I'm telling you I'm telling you we need to make sure we keep that right it's still a shame for a man to have long hair Amen. It's still a shame. And that's in the New Testament in a church epistle. I don't care how you slice it. It's still right and it's still wrong for a man to have long hair. Amen. But I believe a lady ought to look like a lady. And ought to carry herself like a lady. Not look like a lady. You can't carry yourself like a lady and spray it on blue jeans. It always gets quiet right there. Brother Billy Mitchell used to call them bullfighting britches. Amen. I'm not sure what they are, but I'm pretty sure I'm against them. Amen. I'm just telling you, you ought to be separated. Look different. Boy, it gets quiet. We went to the July 4th parade and went to the end of my street. And we said, well, what were they, honey? They were apostolic or something. We fit in with them. <laughs> All the girls had skirts on. All the fellas had clothes on. Amen. <laughs> Here I am, the Baptist in the middle. <laughs> Well, hey, y'all don't know how long y'all got it for. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's, it's sad. Yep. Amen. You, you used to be able to tell the difference. Oh, preacher, it don't make much of a difference anymore. I still believe it does. Yep. Yep. Amen. And I'll just say this. Ladies, don't you fuss at a man wearing a dress. Yep. Don't you fuss about I don't want to hear one woman complaining about a drag queen or a man wearing a dress if you wear pants. Because that's hypocrisy. <laughs> I should have let Brother Zach preach tonight. Is it right or is it right? It's the same, it's the same thing. Amen. I'm just telling you. And, and, and so I said, well, all that preaching on that, it ain't made no difference. Well, 60 years ago when men started preaching like that, people thought they was crazy. But now that you've got drag queens coming out of the closet and you got men putting on a dress and dressing like that sodomite crowd coming out of the closet, we're reaping because mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa didn't deal with it then. And you're a hypocrite to criticize a drag queen. Is that good preaching? It's the truth, ain't it? Go back nine years of preaching. I don't hit this much, but when I hit it, I'm going to hit it hard. We need to train them now. Train them now. Train them now. So I said, what I do in my home is my business. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. But I'm going to tell you tonight, we better, we better draw the line. Because every time the church draws, if the church is right here, the world's always right here. They're always below the church. And every time the church drops the standard, getting close to the world, getting close to the world, amen. Well, I done lost some of y'all right there. Bring it to me. You can't do it. I'll eat every page of it. You can't do it. I'm just telling you tonight, it is still right to look right. Well, that's legalistic preaching. That's hard preaching. Well, you let the sodomites raise your kids then. It's exactly what they want. You let them drag queens come in and read, read stories of your kids in the library then. But I ain't doing it, friend. I'm not doing it, amen. I'm not throwing my kids to the world. I tell you, God's been good to, good to me to give me a family and to bless me. And it's my job to protect them and to separate them. I don't care if it makes my preacher buddies mad. I'm not being rude. I don't care if it makes you mad. You can, you can amen, you can get a bottom lip and get carpet burn on it for all I care. I'm just telling you, we dropped the line years ago and we're reaping the benefits of it now. 
We got, pre- I ain't going to get to my outline. Let me just go ahead and pray. We got preachers now that used to preach the truth and used to preach about dressing right till their daughter hit 16. Amen. And then they started running around in short and shorts and they started letting their girl run around in a pair of pants. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you, it better be separated. Amen. I believe, I believe a man, I'm going to Carowinds tomorrow. It's going to be 750 degrees outside. But I'm going to have a pair of pants on. Amen. amen. I'm just telling you, are you what you want? I'm going to say what I'm doing, amen. I'm just telling you, we need to be different. Amen. Need to be separated. So I said, preacher, ain't that big of a deal. Then people 60 years ago, when them preachers started preaching against that cross-dressing movement, they didn't think it was much. But look where we're at today. Am I right? I, I mean, you, you can't deny that this country has digraded to the fact that you don't know what a man or woman is anymore. And it started in the closet. Well, I'm at 20 minutes and I've got 10 minutes left. And I've got three points to give. Let me just, let me just, let me just preach. I mean, if they're going to get mad, I might as well get you good. I'm not preaching to make you mad. But I'm just telling you, our children are on the line here. It ain't about you feeling pretty. Or feeling accepted. Amen. It's about doing what's right. Amen. Let me give you three. Let me give you an example of a family. And by the way, it's never been popular to shelter your kids. Turn to Exodus 2. Y'all still with me? Exodus chapter number 2 tonight. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to be rude tonight. But some of you, Miss Janice, you can testify this. And Miss Vonda, some of them older men, like Brother Larry and Preacher Bogus, and some of them older men back, they preach like this all the time, didn't they? Like this all the time. Amen. Brother Tony, you grew up around that kind of preaching. Brother, Brother Matthew, you know, yeah, you grew up around it. What happened to it? What happened to it? I know my kids are little. And I am preaching this way as hard as I can on purpose to paint myself in a corner. And I understand some people's never been taught. I understand that. And I'm not, if you've never been taught, you don't know. All right? But that's why we're here is to learn and to be taught. Amen? Exodus chapter 2, we learn about a family, a mom and a dad, that were facing the world, literally, Egypt. And they, the Bible said in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. What did she do? She hid him. She separated him. She pulled him back. She hid him for three months. The individuals in our text, are y'all still with me? I feel like I had a bad snag right there. Amen. I'm going to. <laughs> don't, don't get mad at preaching. Don't get mad at preaching. When you do, you're showing your true colors. Amen. I ain't got my glasses on, but I can put them on and I can see who's mad. All right, I can see the smoke coming off your head. All right, So don't do that. At least be a hypocrite and say amen and I won't think it's you. All right. Amram and Jochebed in this text. I mean... Let me just, I, I'm, I ain't going to get to that. I'm going to tell you something tonight. We don't, think about much at, we don't think about it much now. But there is a world out there that wants to take your kids and defile them. Why are they wanting these drag queens and things to come into the library? Because they're wanting to desensitize your children. 
Why are they wanting the Sodom? Why are they wanting all this and want to desensitize them? Amram and Jochebed in our text, they knew what the world was wanting to do. Let me give you the outline real quick, all right, so you know that I studied and just didn't rant because I know somebody's online, so I bet he didn't study. That's why he's ranting. Here's what these parents had. Number one, they were conscious of the times. In this text tonight, in Exodus chapter 1 and chapter number 2, we won't read all the verses, but they understood what was going on in the land of Egypt. They were not in the dark. They knew the desire of the world. In Exodus chapter number 1 and verse number 10, if you look, Pharaoh realizes uh, that the children of Israel are beginning to outnumber the Egyptians. And so he, he tries to put more work on them to try, to try to wear them down, but they kept having more children. And so then he told the midwives in verse number 15 that when they had a boy baby to kill the baby. They're not mad, all right? They're going to protect the food, uh, to protect the food, to prepare the food. Yeah, they're going to go to protect it, all right? What's that? <laughs> I'd be scared to get them leaving this service, amen. Pharaoh said, I want you to kill them boy babies. They understood the desire. You know what the desire of the world was in that text? Destroy the men and defile the women. Here's why. Because if they kill all the boy babies, who them girls going to marry? They have to marry Egyptians. Is that not what we're seeing? They're wanting to destroy masculinity and destroy the men. And, the, and, and then that way the, the women have to take the lead. Amen. They understood the desire of the world. They understood the danger of the world. Because, thank God these midwives feared the Lord. There's a lot of preaching here. I ain't got time to preach it all. But in this text, these midwives, thank God they feared the Lord. They wouldn't do that. And so you know what eventually Pharaoh told them? He said, every son that is born you shall cast in the river. They understood the danger in the world. They understood the drowning by the world. He said, I want you to throw them in that river. You know what happens when drowning takes place? What's on the outside gets on the inside. Can you imagine? It's what the world wanted to do to them babies. Can I let you know tonight, the world's not changed their philosophy. They want to put everything in our children. And I can preach this because I'm the pastor. But I'm telling you, you better be careful what you allow in your home, what you allow to your children that they're trying to put in your children. Because everything they put in, they're trying to drown them and trying to indoctrinate them. Amen. Hey, man, when you see, when you see somebody that, uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, and a man that's a family, y'all let your boys know, that's not how a man is, boys. Amen. Ladies, when you see a lady that's not dressed right, y'all tell you girls, girls, we don't dress, we're not looking down on people. That's not how we do things. And so, remember, bring them up. That means mom and daddy's got me an example. Yes, sir. Amen. It starts at home. They, you realize you have the potential of influence in another generation. They, you have it. You've got to live it out before them. They were not only conscious, they were courageous. Hebrews eleven twenty three. you don't have to turn, says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Thank God. I've heard parents say, not in this church. Obviously not in this church. I've heard young couples say, Well, I don't know if we ought to have kids. The world's so wicked. It's always been like this. We're just hearing about it more. And the answer is not to have, not to have children. That's what the world wants. I ain't saying... You know, have 25 of them. Amen. But I am saying you ought to have a family and raise them up so they might be saved and serve God. Amen. They were, these, I, note their, I note their focus. They, these Amram and Jochebed, they knew what was at stake with their children. They thought their children was precious. I note their faith. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, 23, they'd done this by faith. It's going to take faith to raise children in this day and age. 
I note their family. I thought about this, Brother Zach. Amram and Jochebed, Brother Richie, they had two older children, Aaron and Miriam. What would it have done to Aaron and Miriam if they'd saw mom and daddy throw Moses out to the world? But you know what I've seen? I've seen parents in their older years loosen up. And it harms the ones that were raised right. Does that make sense? And that's not right. I understand we all grow as parents. And I don't have it down as a parent, all right? I'm still learning. I tell you, we all be consistent. Amen. They were conscious, they were courageous, but they were careful. Here's what I'm going to give you this, and I'm I'm done. Some of y'all were done about 15 minutes ago. (laughs) You understand my heart tonight. I love these kids around here. I love these babies. I'm telling you, my joy is coming here on Sundays and Wednesdays and seeing these kids in here. I love it. I love it. I'm excited about it. I thank God for it. And mom and dad, don't get mad because I preach hard. Please don't. And if you do, don't let, them, don't let the kids know you're mad. Amen. Uh, here, here's the thing. They were, they were careful. They got to a point to where they couldn't hide him anymore. I hadn't got to this point yet, Brother Tom, but there's going to come a day when I can't monitor what they watch. When I, I talked about when they move out. When that little fella moves out, you can't, you can't, you, you're going to have to, you have to send them out to the world. Not, you understand, we're not sending them to the world, but you've got to put them out in the world. They've got to go get a job, and, and they've got to have a life and a family. I understand Moses is only three months in this text, but the application is, that is so what did they do? Well, number one, they made preparation. The Bible said that when she no longer hide him, in verse 3, she took from him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it by the flags by the river's brink. She knew, Miss Francis, she's going to have to let him go. So until that day came, she prepared something to put him in. You know what we ought to be doing every day we live, Mom and Dad? Preparing. Preparing for that day. I like Brother Brian McBride said, Some have said, I don't see any earthly way that I can raise children for God in this world. Brother McBride said, don't look for an earthly way. Look for a heavenly way. Don't look for an earthly way. Look for a heavenly way to raise these children. She put him... In the bulrushes, the word translated bulrushes is papyrus, which is the paper reed, the kind of bush that was very common in Egypt. And papyrus was used for writing. So we could say that she laid him in the written word. That's where we better put our babies. And then there's the pitch in this text, on the preparation, but the pitch to make it tight and keep it secure, she dabbed it with pitch and slime. That word pitch is the same word in Genesis 7. When, Mo, when Noah prepared the ark and pitched it in with that with pitch, it's the same word where we get our word propitiation. It means to cover. Why did Noah, why did, why did Jochebed put that pitch on them arks? To keep the world out and to keep the, what was precious in. And then there's, there's the prayer. I believe that these parents bathed their little boy in prayer. Someone said, does it really pay to raise your kids for God? Well, in Acts chapter 7, the Bible said, And Moses was learning all wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. Somebody said, Preacher, what's the big deal about that? He knew he wasn't an Egyptian. He knew he was a Hebrew. Down deep in his heart, he knew, I don't belong here. 
You know what my prayer is? My prayer is when my kids move out and go on their own. Before them, but you understand that it comes in their heart. I don't belong in this world. Hebrews 11 said, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect and recompense of the reward. And here's what I want my kids to do. By faith he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured by seeing him who is invisible. You know where that started? It started with a mama saying, you're not an Egyptian. You're a Hebrew. I'm not going to sing you out. Look, li- listen to me tonight. I know everybody has different standards and different convictions. And I might have preached something tonight that you say, well, I don't know if I agree with it. Well, y'all be able to agree with the spirit behind what I'm saying. You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that standard. Well, y'all agree with the reason behind it. it. That's exactly right. To protect your kids. We know the difference. But they're, they're, they're in their formable years right now. And we better live before them a life. Well, preacher, what I do is my business. That's exactly right. But you also ought to remember your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your children are a heritage of the Lord, which is a gift from God. God's giving you those children. God's giving you that home. Everything God's giving you is a gift. Is that not right? I don't know about you, but Tony, but I try to be good with the stuff that I own. But when I'm borrowing something from somebody, I try to make sure I take extra good care of it. I hope your nail gum is better when it got it home. Amen. And the Lord's given me my family. And I'd hate to know that I didn't take care of it right. Because I want to enjoy the pleasure of sin. I know it's a strong message tonight. I know it's a strong. But these are some strong days we're living in. Here's what's bad, Brother William. I know you've not been saved long. But years ago, all the preachers preached like this. They, they, they caught both. Miss Francis, you know what I'm talking about. You know, and, and everybody thought, boy, they're just so mean. Then men saw what was coming down the road. And they saw it. They saw it. And I'm afraid what I see coming down the road. We better, we better make it clear and draw some lines. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It ain't about pleasing me. This ain't what this preaching's about tonight. It ain't about making the pastor happy. Oh, we got, we got someone bigger than the pastor. I don't, I don't dress like I do because I have to. I dress like I do because I want to. I don't go certain places because I don't, you know, because I, ha- I don't get to. I have to live like this. I want to do right. My problem is the people that don't want to do right. May God help us to realize there's a world out there that wants to devour our children, destroy our children. And you know who's at the front lines? Mom and dad. And by God's grace, you're going to have a preacher standing there with you. And I need you to stand. By God's grace, I'm going to stand, but I need you to stand with me. Not in a hateful spirit, not being mean, but just stand for truth. Stand for what's right. For God's glory. Let's stand together. I appreciate your attention. You've listened well.